Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello and welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. And joining me on today's episode is Wendy Laidlaw. Wendy's an author, she's a speaker, she's a podcaster, and she is changing the world in some important ways. I'm I'm thrilled to invite and welcome our guest, Wendy Laidlaw from Bonnie, Scotland today. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome. Wendy, so good to talk to you again. I had a chance to, to spend some time with you on your podcast. Yeah. Um, your focus, I'll just share this with our listeners right up front. Uh, your focus, your claim to fame, the area that you have picked to really impact is how to heal endometriosis naturally. Well, that's kind of obscure. <laughs> You've now I say that because it's it's a very focused area where you've found some principles that really make a difference. But share with our listeners here today, what is it that brought you to this place? Well, it's lovely to be here and, and I appreciate you know you having me on your podcast and, and to your audience and, and a great question. You know, it's it's so niche, isn't it? It's so particular. Yes. And, um, and, and it starts because I used to suffer from the condition for over 33 years, a condition that I was told was I would, uh, it was a life sentence that there was no cure for. Mm. I would end up having multiple surgeries, painkillers, drugs. I'd end up bedridden after the sixth surgery uh, for two and a half years. I was chronically bedridden. I developed adenomyosis, chronic fatigue syndrome, mitochondria dysfunction, thyroid issues. And I had a list wow. of symptoms as long as your arm endometriosis. Right being the kind of catalyst that kind of rippled out to everything else. So I was in a really scary place. You know, I think sometimes life puts you in a position where you're just like, I was, I was, my body went on strike and I was really forced to look at what was going on inside, you know, my beliefs, right. my thoughts, my feelings, what was happening to my body. And I was chronically disabled and I had to wind up my, my property business and stuff. So it was a frightening time. But, and then I think the doctors kind of washed their hands of me and I was forced between a kind of rock and a hard place where you kind of go like, okay, you have the dark night of the soul where you're thinking, um, do I want to carry on? You know, life's so black, so dark. Like this is not what I, what I dreamed for, for myself to be this because my mind was going, get up, get on, get moving. Don't be lazy. It's a state of mind. You need to do something. Yet my body was just literally on strike. But thank goodness, you know, my brain and my hands were still working. Because the doctors were saying to me, I had to have a hysterectomy, which is removal of all the, the female organs, which was, you know, it's a very uh, significant operation. My mother had had it and she was never the same after it. So I guess I was stuck between having a hysterectomy or staying disabled. And mm. I thought there was always this thought in my head, like, well, there has to be another way. Like, surely there has to be another mm. way. And then I cut my finger this time and I was still bedridden. I cut my finger and I noticed it was starting to scab over and heal. And I thought, well, if my finger is healing, why are my insides not healing? 
And that's kind of when my journey began. So I start, I retrained in nutritional therapy, psychotherapy, psychology, which is ongoing. And I just started to marvel about the brain body connection, you know, what was going on subconsciously, unconsciously, you know, what was keeping my body? Because I realized that the body is always wanting to heal itself. That is just a biological, physiological fact. Right. So therefore, what, what bodies but, do. That's what bodies do. That's what my finger was doing. But then I was like, well, what is stopping that process? If my body's always wanting to heal itself, what is preventing that natural healing process or what is inhibiting that? So that's kind of when my journey began. And and I kind of long, very long story short, but within within about within a year, I had put my endometriosis and adenomyosis into remission. I was out of pain. It took me a bit longer with the mitochondria and chronic fatigue, but I have all my conditions in remission. I've never had to have any more drugs or surgery or pain or nothing. Um, but most importantly, I've discovered, as you mentioned, you know, the principles behind it. And what I discovered was what I refer to as the five Ps, the five poisons, which yeah. is for endometriosis in particular is produce, food, products, property, people and past. And because we're very uh, sensitive organ or sensitive organism, we are very, you know, reactive and responsive to our environments. And sometimes we don't know what's going on subconsciously, but we're just, you know, un- we're just blocked from our emotions or we're just have beliefs about certain things that, you know, life presents stuff to us. And we're going, no, no, it can't be that way. It has to be this way. So there was a lot I had to really untangle and right. to, to really kind of get to where I am now, but, but I, and I had certain tools that I use as well, certain principles of tools that I use that were just, uh, you know, really guided me on the way, but uh, the relationship I have in my body now with my emotions, my feelings, my instincts and things have completely shifted. I mean, it's just, it's, it's almost like the cocoon. It's like the caterpillar in the cocoon before it transforms out the cocoon. It actually 50% of it is used to become the butterfly. The other 50% is discarded. And I always feel that that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I was able to use my, you know, what, what I went through to kind of bring me to where I am. It was almost like my training ground to where I am now because I couldn't do the work that I do now I've had I not gone through what I went through. And it was dire and it was dark and it was it was the end of the earth. Right. But at least now I can meet. I've never met anyone who was as ill as me, thank goodness. And of course, that's my my mission and my passion now to just get the message out that there is another way. Your body's amazing you know, pay attention to your emotions. That's why you're on my Ultimate Emotional Health Summit because understanding emotional health, people get physical health, they get mental right. health, but they don't often get emotional health. And I hadn't realized just how emotionally disconnected I was, how emotionally sick I was because I was trying to be this person I thought everybody should wanted me to be. I'm trying to, to, right. to please everybody, to, to, to be a perpetual perfectionist and a pusher and a pleaser, all those parts of us that are very common in today's world. But I was so disconnected from it. I didn't know who I was. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting journey, to, but I wouldn't change a single thing because I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, but it enables me to kind of come, you know, I mean, I've been working for the past five years now, literally transforming women's lives with endometriosis. I've worked with over 100 personally yes. and, and tens of thousands through my book. And it's incredible to see what is possible, um, you know, within the body and, and, and helping people keep going. Um, I, I call it the A-I-E-I-E, where, you know, it's the awareness. You've got to increase people's awareness to kind of what is possible and help them connect to themselves and their body. Give them the information, education, and then keep them inspired because when you can start on this journey, 
it's a tough one and then that ultimately leads to empowerment so your help so my aim mm. is to inspire and um empower people to uh, to acceptance of themselves where they're at i think it was carl rogers said wasn't it you know once i start to uh, accept me where i am i can then change so i needed to accept right. where i was who i was warts and all as they say mm-hmm. and then i was in, i was able to make change and change was was uncomfortable of course i was letting go of old things old feelings old beliefs but equally, it was n- not as bad as we as I anticipated. And of course, it was liberating and freeing from physical pain, emotional pain. And it's kind of led me to this point now, which is why I'm so passionate about, you know, ultimate emotional health, because I understand the rippling mm-hmm. effect into the physical, you know, into the mental, into the spiritual health. Right. And not many people talk about emotional health uh, in a way that people understand. Wow. Wendy. That there is such a rich treasure of of so many things that we could follow up on just from that story. I think the first thing that that comes to my mind is you didn't necessarily pick this. No, it, it kind of picked you. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I've I've noticed from a lot of my guests here on the show, or from my clients over about thirty years of clinical experience, that we don't necessarily sign up for what life hands us. Yep. Here it is. Here's your package. Now, what are we going to do with it? Absolutely. And it would have been so easy for you to just shrink into what I call victim mode. Totally. Well, here we go. I guess my life sucks and, you know, curl up in the corner somewhere. Mm. You weren't willing to do that. And I'm so grateful for who you are and what and the character and the resilience inside of you that said, wait a minute. What else? Yeah, exactly. Right? You're, you're not accepting the alternatives that the world is handing you or that traditional medicine handed you. It, it was like, there's got to be more. And you notice this, this beautiful truth about your own body yeah. that it is designed by divine design, I think. Yeah, totally. To, to be healthy and to prosper and to heal and to grow and develop. And we go through a cycle and eventually we die. Um, Spoiler alert, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But while we're living, are we living or are we dying? Yeah. And and that's what your your story inspires in me. It's like, okay, so I got this diagnosis. Mm. Now what? Yeah. And, And take it on by identifying the principles that allow you to move forward. And, and then I love where you just, where you just brought us to that your passion for emotional health has come from everything you've learned about being physically healthy. Yeah. And we can't really separate those. Well, it it was really hard for the the emotional component. I got the food. It's easy to kind of change your diet to some degree. It's easy to get the food thing. It's easy to kind of get the products and all that stuff. Easy to look at your environment property. But when it comes to your past and your emotions and people, oh, it's a lot more complex than it might appear on the surface. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, from from whence we're born, you know, the environment we're, 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 we're brought up in and the... You know, the systems and the all that, all these things leave an imprint. 
And sometimes yes. they're not healthy and we sometimes we have to shine a little light on them a bit at a time just to kind of see kind of as like Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning in his book. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had to search for the meaning like, OK, I was saying to myself, OK, so let's assume you're in training. What are you learning? <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm learning. I just don't want to be here. You're like, no, you're learning. What are you, What is this teaching you? You know, I had to learn to let go of a lot of stuff I was hanging on to you know, let people take their responsibility for their lives. It wasn't my responsibility. So there was a lot of learnings that I had to, that I grew up thinking mm-hmm. I had to make everybody happy, that I had to do this, that I had to do that. And I learned that actually, you know, boundaries, I had to learn kind of what was other people's stuff and what was my stuff, you know, and it, it, it felt a painful lesson at times because I'm like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I had to get That's into great. the I had to understand. And the best way for me to do that through this whole process was journaling. I would take a pen and I would take my, my journal, my line journal, which goes everywhere with me. And I would, as I woke up in the morning, I would journal and I would journal and journal. I would write my thoughts, my feelings, my fears, my, my dreams, my ambitions. And as you said, I, I had to ensure I didn't stay stuck in victim mode. I had to become the victor of the, of the disease. I had to mm. understand that if it's dis-ease, what was you know, unsettling within me subconsciously that I was not, or that I was fearful of paying attention to. Mm. And so it was interesting to kind of, the more I learned about this magnificent body that we live in, I mean, it's just unbelievably brilliant at self-healing, repair, and regeneration. And then looking beyond that as to kind of what was preventing that process and understanding the subconscious and understanding fight, flight, freeze, fold. The more I understood all of that, the more literally excited I got. And the more I wanted to learn, I'm like, oh my goodness, look, isn't that amazing? And then it was learning what I could control and what I couldn't control, what influence I had over things and what I had to let go of, not meaning let go as in fall into victim, but learning, you know, okay, I'm going, I can't change that person. I'm powerless over other people, places and things but mm-hmm. I can change myself. I am powerful over myself. I'm right. not saying it's easy because it's not. When no, that's hard enough, it. but at least you have some control there. Exactly. And if, and if there are blocks, then look at, I, I think I tried to adopt this kind of uh, curiosity mindset, like, mm. ooh, I'm really struggling with that. What, or what is my language towards that? Am I struggling or is it, there's a resistance? So what is the resistance? So I'm really trying to be, get in behind it or look at, look above it down on, on certain things that I was thinking or whatever. And like, so who do I right. need to help me move past that? Or, you know, what, so really trying to be like, a, I have, this is one of my props, have a magnifying glass yeah. and kind of put, put everything under a magnifying glass, not in a chastising way or a critical way of myself which I was very good at before, but recognizing Mm. I had to look at, you know, treat the the internal narrative. I had to change that. I had to change it to kind of what if I can rather than what if I can't, you know, okay, if this is a a struggle, what if it wasn't a struggle? What if I took the struggle away? What does the struggle look like? What shape is it? What color is it? You know, really try to kind of break it down into components, kind of like what you do with children, if you break mm-hmm. things down really into little pieces, there's a, there's a funny old saying they have here in Scotland. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? 
one tiny bite-sized piece at a time. Obviously, we don't eat elephants in Scotland. You, <laughs> you don't know, have just, a lot of elephants running around. I don't think you. that they would run a mile from the cold. <laughs> but it, but it, but the principles were the same. It's kind of like, how do we look? Sometimes as humans, we just take on these big, big goals and then right. we overwhelm ourselves and then we give up. But no, so is I, I, I used to refer to them as ant-sized steps, not baby steps, just ant-sized steps of little shifts, little changes that I would say, okay, I've, I, that, I've done this, so that's fine. So make, my sure, make sure that I gave myself the recognition because we're all very good at beating ourselves up and saying, oh, I should have done more and I should be better. But that doesn't right. motivate you, does it? So that, mm. that, was, that was kind of the learnings of just learning to kind of accept self-acceptance, really. Right. And then self-acceptance doesn't mean staying stuck. It just means, as Carol Rogers says, you can accept yourself, but it allows you, it frees you up to move forward. And that's what I as well. so stuck. I love this. The, the energy, the principles that are coming to the surface as you share your story. Wendy, thank you for, for introducing this. As we get into our second half today, I'm, I'm having a sense that we can take this to some practical applications, whether it's endometriosis, your emotional and mental health, your relationships, your finances. There are principles that are going to make a difference. We'll dig into that as we come back from this break. This is Wendy Laidlaw at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take your positivity to a whole new level? I've been enjoying these conversations with my guests at Live On Purpose Radio. My own story about becoming more positive is something that I've shared in my book, Pathological Positivity. And right now I'm giving the book away. You just pay for the shipping. Go to drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, and click on the big orange button right there that will get you a free copy of my book. You pay the shipping, I'll pay for the book. Sound like a good deal? Power up your positivity and get ready to see phenomenal changes in your happiness, your relationships, your business, every aspect of life. Enjoy this free gift from me. DrPaulJenkins.com. And we're back. Wendy Laidlaw, Live on Purpose Radio today. Wendy, you've triggered so many thoughts for me as you've shared your story. And it, I, I, I think we need to put this in a little bit of perspective because listening in, we spent, what, 10, 10 to 13 minutes and you shared your story and you were the sickest person on the planet. And now suddenly you're like this influencer and speaker and author and, and it, you've healed from the majority of the things that you, that were on your list before, if not all of them, but it wasn't just a miraculous, Oh, Wendy was sick and now she's not. Yeah. There were processes in between there and, I would love for you to share with us some of the some of the practical steps and maybe the the things that we can employ as well in whatever it is that we're battling, whether it's endometriosis or anything else, economics. Absolutely. Well, I think that well, think that's it. I think once I learned to put the condition in remission, and I put every single one of my conditions in remission, every single one of them. Every I, one of them. I don't manage them. They're in remission. I have no signs, symptoms or anything. So I just want to put that there as a caveat because I think it's so important. I think people get told one thing and they think they have to live with it. It's like a life sentence, but it's not. And this is why I'm so impassioned 
about sharing. But what I learned was like the more women I was working with, the more whilst I was dealing with with what I call the five P's, the produce, products and property, that women didn't have issues dealing with those things. But they did start to have issues with it when it came to their emotional health, connecting to their emotions, understanding their environment, how it was affecting them emotionally and things. So I really cottoned on to that quite early on. So I was, again, I'm forever reading, studying and, and expanding my mind. And I'll do that till the day I die. Goodness knows what will happen with all of this when it goes. But I hope it goes somewhere, all this information. But I, I was just I started to become and, and the principles of it. So I'm glad you brought that up. I started to work with uh, what I call fledgling entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who were just coming on to online. And I wanted to, and I worked with them initially for free. I just wanted to test the concept of what I was using and having seen tremendous life-changing results, like life-giving results actually to these women I was working with. It wasn't even life-changing, life-giving. And I thought, mm-hmm. I wonder if I take these principles and if I can use them with young entrepreneurs, because I, I you know, I, again, it was a struggle for me. I, I, I built my business from my bed on a budget. Literally, I was disabled. I built everything myself, my website, published my book, did everything myself from my bed. So I thought, again, if I could help young entrepreneurs get online with their heart centered entrepreneurs, with their message, again, let's help the world be a better place. Wouldn't that be great to help fast track and short circuit you know, their pain and suffering. Right, so right. again, transformed. I mean, it was incredible. I worked with um, three very young entrepreneurs. I say young as in there were different ages, but they were new, uh, almost just out the out, out the egg, if you like, in the nest. Mm. And um, and I what I what I understood was, and, and you'll relate to this completely, is if we understand the parts, we understand the whole. And what I mean by that is if we can understand there are different parts of us and our subpersonality parts, if you like, then we can really understand the whole of us. So how do we do that though? That seems like a very kind of generic kind of statement. And, and I, what I took was the principles of working with my women, with the entrepreneurs and, and what was journaling, meditation and a power shake. So we're working with the, with the mind, the body and the spirit, because we're not just a physical form. We're not. And most people kind of get mental health, as I say, and they get physical health. They don't often get emotional health. So how do we, how do we address emotional health? If like on my journey, I'm like emotions. I was like highly sensitive, but freaked out by my emotions. If they became kind of unpleasant or they were intense, exactly. But I mean, so I recognized that I had to see them as messengers. So going back to Frankel, Victor mm-hmm. Frankel saying, what is the meaning behind everything? I had to start, start thinking, uh, asking different questions. So what is the meaning behind this emotion? If all emotions are messengers, what is the message? So I started to use the same principles. So it starts with journaling. When you journal first thing in the morning as you wake up, you are able, you'll know this, you're able to tap into different brain states, different wave states of your brain as you're waking up because you're still slightly sleepy and you're not fully awake. So I started to, again, adopt these principles with my endometriosis women and my entrepreneurs. And the, the shifts were gigantic. Everybody resists journaling to start with because there's a feeling of vulnerability because it's kind of like, oh, I'm putting my thoughts. Because, of course, they were all encouraged to be as... Um, whilst show gratitude also be as negative and down and annoyed and irritated and grumpy as on your pieces of paper if that's what you're feeling you wake up feeling grumpy whatever it is yeah pop it on paper once it's up and out just like an overflow system of your central heating boiler here in scotland we have these big central heating boilers if it gets too hot there's an overflow pipe that pushes out water out the side of the building when it gets to over over much over too much what happens inside our heads is we live inside our heads sometimes and it becomes overwhelming and we tell ourselves these stories and we tell ourselves these negative narratives so how do we 
how do we get a different perspective on it? It's all very well saying, oh, yeah, that's all fine and wendy. How do we find the meaning? Well, we need to get it out of our head onto paper to, to give us that um, objective view of ourselves, not critical view, but objective view, and allow ourselves to, because it's never... Interesting that when people do write what they think they're going to write, it's never what they think that's in their head. It's, it's actually different. And what's key is writing as you wake up. If you can hold your bladder and not go to the loo when you wake up, but just grab that pen and paper, it's phenomenal what might come up. You're capturing your dreams. You're capturing your really vulnerable feelings. You've not had to put your mask on yet to go to work, to, to, to do all the things that you have to do. And you start to slowly get to understand who you really are, what you really think, what you really feel, what happened yesterday. How are you feeling about the day that's coming up? And you start to, and it takes about at least sort of maybe eight to 10 weeks to really start to get into the flow. But once people really get into the journaling aspect, it really starts to open up um, aspects of themselves, understanding parts of themselves that perhaps are in the shadows, maybe been overshadowed by the perfectionist and the pusher and the pleaser, all those strong personality parts that are celebrated by society, but can make people very ill mentally and physically and emotionally. Because if you're just drawing, and I know I was just that yeah. pusher person, I was that perfectionist, I was that driven person, and it made me physically ill, but I didn't really know why I was like that. So the journaling allowed me very slowly, very gently, very safely to uncover myself in my own way, in my own time, over a period of time, what was, what was going on underneath? What was happening in my subconscious? And then meditation, you'll know meditation has got decades of case studies and backing scientific reports, backing up the effectiveness of it. And again, and when I talk about meditation, I'm not talking about elevated on a hilltop, humming three feet off the ground. I'm talking about literally every afternoon, like before I came on here, I will go for 30 minutes, I'll lie on my bed, headphones on, eye mask on, and I'll listen to 30 minutes of guided meditation, relaxation. It's almost like we charge up our mobile phones. We mm -hmm. can't use our mobile phones when their battery's dead but we push our bodies sometimes beyond their limits to exhaustion. So again, with the journaling and meditation, and I'll come back to the power shake in a minute, just with those principles, they're very basic. They're very simple. And as we yes. said right at the very beginning, sometimes we just like to overcomplicate things as a human. But what happens is between yes. the journaling, it's like a transmitting radio. And the meditation is like a receiver. It's like a transmit and receive thing going on. You actually get to hear your inner instincts, your, in, your intuition, your inner wisdom, which ultimately guides you and gives you the question, it gives you the answers to the questions that you have. Well, that's been my experience certainly with working with people. Something that I love about this, as you describe this process of journaling and meditation, what we're doing is getting unstuck in, yeah. in a way from our own cognition, our own thinking. And I refer to the term metacognition, yeah. which is a higher level of thinking. If cognition is thinking, metacognition is thinking about thinking. Absolutely. Which creates a little space. Mm -hmm. And that space is where choice exists. And we get to take a higher level of control over what's actually happening in our own mind. And the, the practices you're suggesting to us are very psychologically sound because that allows us to back off, observe our own thinking, yeah. become more familiar with what's going on inside of our own skin and inside of our own head. Yeah. 
Well, it's like what you said, choices. Sometimes we don't know we have choices because we're so stuck in our head or we're in patterns of behavior that are that are not particularly helpful or or supportive or healing in any way, shape or form because we're constantly switched on and we're constantly dialed up. But sometimes just using those tools as an overflow and as, a, as an overflow in the journal and a recharge on the meditation, you know, we're, we're trying to keep ourselves. I mean, I believe the secret to life is balance. The secret mm. to balance is awareness and the secret to awareness is journaling and meditation. And if I, and this is what works for me is why I have so much energy and I'm doing so much and I love it is because I'm not overcomplicating it. And I, this is a daily thing I do every day. So I'm not saying I'm sorted and, and I'm sitting on top of a, of a temple here, but it's something I know that, it, you know, I can get more from my energy levels and get more from, from my body and, you know, my mind and my emotions by, paying attention through the nurturing, increasing the awareness through the journaling and the meditation. It just allows that self-supportive way because sometimes we can look externally for, oh, what do you think I should do? Or what do you think I should say? But actually we do know what we, we, or if we don't know immediately, we will learn. We'll learn it through the process. Exactly. And that in itself is a, is a positive feedback loop that we get, you know, because if we're constantly kind of yes. looking externally for validation of who we are and what we think we should do, then that erodes one's confidence or sense of identity. So what we're looking to do is, you know, encourage that positive feedback loop. And that's why I talk about ant size yeah. steps. Start small. Just start even with one page. I recommend all my clients do three A4 pages. In fact, I've got my journal here. This is, this is my journal here. It's three A4 lined pages every morning as they wake. But I get them to start with one A5. Just start with one and just slowly build up that feeling of connection. Take a step toward it. An ant yeah. size step. Ant size step, exactly. Especially if there are no elephants around to eat. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to come back to that. <laughs> Wendy, I also want to come back to you. You gave us a third strategy. That you said yes. you come back to. I want to make sure we hit that before we end. Yeah, well, it's a power shake. And what I mean by a power shake is our bodies, as you know, we need to have amino acids every day to help cell regeneration. We need to have multivitamin and minerals every day because, again, a lot of our food is sprayed and traveled far and doesn't have the nutritional information. You know ingredients that, that we need for our bodies mm-hmm. and what I call macro greens. So again, every client that works with me, they have their, their power shake in the morning after they've had their journal and it gives them so like two scoops of say uh, rice or, or pea uh, protein powder with a, a tablespoonful of this multivitamin mineral powder and macro greens. And then they should have a shake every morning. And that literally gives them everything that their body needs for that day. So I don't, I'm not not even strict on that. I'm like, okay, you can pretty much eat whatever you want later, but just have that shake in the morning. Because most of us, again, what led to me being so ill was I was undernourished. I didn't have enough uh, vitamins and minerals, amino acids. I wasn't drinking enough fluids and I wasn't sort of feeding my body. So, and again, we need to feed our brains for it to function effectively. So keeping people hydrated again in this day and age when they're eating lots of sugar and perhaps drinking lots of coffee, which are, you know, is, is a diuretics, you know, just drains the body. So we're wanting to fill um, the body with everything that it needs. And it's again, amazing how much clarity, mental clarity people get, how much energy that they have, their skin, their hair, their nails are thicker and stronger and softer. So we're dealing with the mind and the body and the spirit. 
And um, we're doing so in very, very basic ways. Do you know, both of my children adopt this as well. And I feel like that's my coup. That's that's my biggest, uh. biggest thing. I've got a 29 year old daughter and a, a 19 year old son. And it's taken them a while to sort of get into it, but they both do it and they both thrive. And, and I just feel like I've given them the keys to the gym, if you like, for life. You know, they, if they can adopt these three principles, whatever life throws at them, they come back to their journaling. They do their meditation to recharge their cells and their batteries to get their guidance. And then they have their power shake. They'll be okay. You know, it's not mm. going to stop the winds of life coming and beating them and bashing them, but it will help to navigate them through whatever life throws at them. You've given us such a richness of, of principle and practice, the, the things that we can immediately apply. I know that some of our listeners are going to be eager to get more of this. And Wendy, where would you send them? Where, where can they connect with you and, and get more information about this natural healing that they can engage in? Well, if they're women and they do have any any pain with their monthly cycles, pain with a period is not normal. So if they can even start to address that, and again, that's my message, any pain in the yes. body is trying to communicate to you in some ways. It's so a message, right? It is. We're all brought up as women to believe that that's just part of being a woman. It's not. You're not supposed to suffer every month. So if you are, then I suggest you can get a free paperback copy of my book. It's also available on Amazon, but they can go to um, a heal endometriosisnaturally.com and get a free paperback copy. They just have to pay shipping and I ship all over the world. So that's my wow. gift to women in the community. Um, as you know, I know you do this, a similar thing. You, know, you don't make any money in this. It just give get the information, read it and see if it helps. It's amazing. Even just with a couple of changes, your pain will, will, will disappear. Um, from the emotional perspective, my, they can go to wendyklaidlaw.com. I'm building up that uh, website where, I, you know, there'll be uh, more resources for people that they, they can do. I'm actually in the process of just finalizing my next book, which is called Embracing Emotions, Empathy and Energy, a self-help guide to emotional mastery. So I'll let you know when that is ready to come out. So because, again, I just want to share what I've learned to alleviate pain and suffering from people. So they know that they have specific tools that they can use at different times, depending on what's happening and, and what they're suffering from. Um, and as you know, the Ultimate Emotional Health Summit, that's why I did that because I wanted to say it's not just women, it's men too, having worked with young entrepreneurs. You know, there are a lot of people suffering emotionally out there and you know they, they don't need to if they get the right tools to help self-support themselves. Right. Thank you so much. Once again, folks, the, the book is Heal Endometriosis Naturally. If you or someone that you love would benefit from that, uh, go pick that up. Uh, Wendy, so generous of you to offer that information for free. Pay for the shipping uh, because Wendy is shipping it out all over the world, as she said. <laughs> um, there's also the website, Wendy K. Laidlaw, L-A-I-D-L-A-W.com. And that's where you can track some of the other things that Wendy's doing. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us here today at Live awesome. On Purpose Radio. Folks, you've heard it. Take whatever has inspired you today and run with it. It's time to go live on purpose.